Test one, two. Check. Check one. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lance. Thank you, Philip. Yeah, that, that wasn't going to work. All right, y'all stop. I've done this too long. I understand that if I limp into truth, it's still going to be truth. Yes, right? Stand with me this morning. I want to read a story familiar to all of us, and I'm going to read it uh, as a harmony of the Gospels. I don't know if, Charles, you'll be able to put that on the screen or not. Um, I sent that to you an email, forgot to tell you, so that's on me. Uh, if so, but it's the story of the woman with an issue of blood, and it's recorded in three of the Gospels where she had a constant hemorrhage, uh, period, if you will, a constant flow of blood out of her. And the Bible said that life is in the blood. So life was constantly flowing out of her for 12 years. You can imagine how weak and frail and anemic uh, she was. And there's a little bit in each of the Gospels, just a detail, and I wanted to include them. That's why I have the harmony of the Gospels. And if we don't have it on the screen, I can still read it to you. And you can follow along pretty close in Mark chapter 5. But this will be Matthew 9, Mark 5, and Luke 8. When Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a large crowd gathered around him. The crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. And while he was by the sea, one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came. And when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet and was begging him, pleading with him to come to his house. My little daughter, my only daughter that's 12 years old is at death's door. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may get well and live. So Jesus went with him and his disciples got up and followed him. And a large crowd was following and pressing against him. Now there was a woman there suffering from bleeding for 12 years. She'd endured much under many doctors. She had spent everything she had on the doctors and was not helped at all. On the contrary, she became worse. Having heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his robe, touched the tassel of his robe. For she said to herself, listen, Sometimes you got to talk to yourself. She said to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I'll be whole. There are times in your life where it's not God touching you. It's you touching him. Jesus didn't initiate this. She did. So she reached out and touched the hem of his garment as he passed by. And immediately, say immediately with me. Immediately, her flow of blood ceased. And she sensed in her body that she was cured of her affliction. At once, Jesus realized in himself that power had gone out from him, or virtue, dunamis. He turned around and said, who touched my robes? When they all denied it, Peter said, Lord, you see the crowd pressing against you, and you say, who touched me? They're, everyone's touching you. He said, no, somebody did touch me. More accurately, it would have went like this. Jesus said, who touched me? They said, well, Lord, all these people are bumping into you. Mm -mm, somebody touched me with faith. Somebody touched me with an expectation. Somebody planned on touching me. And he knew that power had gone out from him, so he's looking to see who had done this. And the woman, when she saw that she was discovered, she came with fear and trembling and fell down before him in the presence of all the people. And she declared the reason that she had touched him and how she was instantly cured. And he said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Now, I want to... Before you're seated this morning. He said, made you well, free from your affliction, whole. Go in peace. And the woman was made well, whole from that moment. Some hyper-charismatic faith preachers will tell you her faith made her well to the exclusion of God or they emphasized the faith higher than 
the grace that was offered, or the grace that was supplied. I, I, I don't believe that, but other times it just said he touched them. He touched them. But he said to her, your faith made you well. One man, Jesus said, I'll go home and heal, heal your, your family. He said, oh, no, Lord, you ain't got to do that. I'm a man under authority. I got captains of 50, and I'll say, you go over here. And I say, yes, sir. And I got captains of 100. You go over here. Yes, sir. He said, I, I know what I see. You're a man of authority. You, you, you just send your word. And Jesus said, I ain't seen faith like that in all of Israel. According to that, I would submit to you that some of us see very little of God's operation in our life because we have very little expectation of Him. And we don't initiate. We used to sing a song, Reach out and touch the Lord as He passes by. You'll find He's not too weary to hear your hearts cry. He's passing by this moment, your need to supply. Reach out and touch the Lord as he passes by. By the grace of God, I want to speak to you this morning on the subject, who touched me? Mm. Lord, I sense your anointing in this place. And I don't, I don't have any desire to preach a good sermon. I want to preach the word you gave me for this house today. Let us be so stirred that we, that our natural life and responsibilities and things that are on our calendar fade away and that we see Jesus in the house. Already been said, high and lifted up today. And his train filling the temple. What would happen if I touched God? May it be so today, God, in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. You may be seated. We have created a welfare state in our nation, an entitlement that has bled over into the church to some degree as well. We reward people for work not done. We sustain people who do not participate. And although we, we understand as believers that it's God who does it, but I think we sit on the couch with our hand on the remote and complain about why God hasn't done something. Let me, tell you, let me tell you about bumping into God. For all my electricians out there, you don't touch a 220 line without changing. In variations, it can knock you to the ground. It can knock you backward. It can knock you forward, it can knock you out, it can kill you. Okay. How is it that churches claim we're touching God and God is touching us and we're not changed? See, when you reach out and touch the Lord in faith, you, could, you should expect a live wire. Something that... Uh, is different from the norm. See, what we want, we want to get God's touch through a person, kind of like having electrical gloves on to where you, you, don't, you don't get the shock. You just get the blessing. So you stand in front of some carnal man and he waves his coat at you and you go, oh, that's not what we need. That's not what we need in this hour. By the way, there's not a biblical example of reaching out to touch a man, they would always say, don't do that to me. I'm just a fellow like you. You're talking to the wrong one. Do you know why we don't have this in the church today? Because we have learned that if you reach out to touch God, sometimes he wants to wrestle with you. Oh, I, just, I just want the blessing. He said, no, we're going to wrestle first. I'm going to change you before I change it so we let go and Jacob wrestled with him all night long so that's just for free that was just extra to the 
to the sermon. But when we ask the question, who touched him? You know, we could say about Sunday services past and say, uh, we could talk about others. The Lord touched that one and the Lord touched that one. Oh, you could tell the Lord touched you. But when's the last time you touched him? When's the last time you turned off everything and said, I'm going to touch you today? Not arrogance. I am singled in, and Lord, I'm not asking you to do anything for me outside of your will. I'm just going to touch you and leave it up to you. My God, that's good. I'm going to touch you and let the current of heaven hit my soul. And whatever it is you want to do for me and in me, you do it. I'm not going to tell you how to do what you do. Number one, in answer to the question, who touched me? If you're taking notes, the hurting one touched him. Oh, we change when we know enough that we want to or we hurt enough that we have to. And you can hurt enough in your life to where man's efforts are nothing more than uh, a porch at Solomon's temple. You know, the world can offer temporary relief, but they can't cure you. When the man laid at the pool of Bethesda for 38 years and there was a porticade built there, five columns and porches, they built those to keep the sun off the people. See, that the world and false religions can offer relief. They just can't offer a cure. See, the power wasn't in the porch. The power was in the pool. But when you're hurting and you don't care what other people think, you got to get past that. I, I wouldn't go to a church where the Lord wasn't there. I'm not being arrogant. I'm, I, I'm not. I, I'm just telling you my week is too long and I'm too tired. If the Lord's not there, what am I getting up on Sunday morning for? I'm telling you what's missing in a lot of our services is not our attendance but our expectation. We, leave, we come with no expectation and we leave not disappointed. He said, if two or you, three of you are gathered in my name, I'm right there in the midst of you. But I'm trying to wean you off of that recliner mentality where I come and meet you where you are. Why don't you come meet me where I am? Amen? That was weak, but thank you very much anyway. I'll take what I can get this morning. Y'all still mad about the aisles. And God... God loves the people that come to the middle, preferring those that come after them and not taking the aisle, by the way. Put the cameras on, see who leaves, who folds their Bible. Okay. Who touched me? The hurting one. Her issue dehumanized her. Do you know you can suffer so long that you are known by your illness or dis-ease or failure or situation. You're known more by that than you are your own name. No mention of her name. Oh, she's the lady with the issue of blood. Can I get a little deeper? Oh, that's the one that's been married three times. That's the one that had two babies out of wedlock. Where's the guy at? We talk about her. Where's the guy? This wasn't a one-person show. Let's, let's drag him in front of the elder. Anyway, you're known by a moral failure or something you've done or a weakness or an infirmity. Don't ever allow yourself to be known by what you don't have or by what somebody did to you. God has a name for you. You're known by his name. The hurting one, her issue of blood, her life was one of great pain. It was one of great, listen, if you live with pain every day, it can change your personality. It can change uh, your outlook. And you, you have to have a theology for pain too. And sometimes instead of that pain crippling you, it can motivate you. You say, I'm going to get me some relief. I've seen you at the hospital, a woman so quiet, and she's screaming down the hall, drugs, <laughs> drugs. Somebody bring me something for relief. 
what would happen in our church if we've got our little order of service and people are just walking the aisle and running the aisle and collapsing on the altar and said, I need to touch the Lord. I need to touch the Lord. Instead, we're trying to prime the pump all the time up here. Just, ah, ah. It's like pulling nails with your teeth sometimes. But anyway, y'all didn't get that. But Man, it's tough going, the tough sledding today. But I'm not moving the chairs back. So, uh, <laughs> because uh, in January, we're going to Sunday night services, uh, January 14th. Six o'clock. Amen. And we're going to fill this middle section up first. So y'all plan on coming to that. Don't know exactly what we're going to call it. Uh, Might just be Sunday nights with Jesus. I don't know. But anyway, this person was a hurting one, one of great pain. Uh, She was one with great loss. It's one thing to have tragedy, but then when your tragedy cost her, not only was she had a constant flow of blood from her body, but it drained all of her resources. Sometimes we're, we're stronger in the presence of others when we got some backup plans, when we have resources or family or security or a plan B. But this woman had spent all she had. Say that with me, all. All she had. And gotten none better. Her life was one of great weakness. The Bible says that life is in the blood. So if you are constantly losing blood, then her soul was bleeding out too. It's hard to stand when you don't have strength. And see, that's where some of us miss it. We give ourselves an excuse based on a reason That is a reality, but the excuse kills us. Let me just jump ahead for just a a quick moment here. Can you imagine what it was like for her to get up and go through a crowd of people whose daughters were dying, whose sons were dying, lepers screaming, blind men screaming? The weakest one in the crowd had to be the one that Life had flowed out of her for 12 years. Now, this is your pastor's opinion. So if, if I'm in line and Mike's in line and Jason's in line and we're there for our wife and babies, everyone's trying to get near Jesus, she's not going to be able to muscle through between us because it's my daughter that's dying. You understand? No one's, you won't even let anybody in line in front of the line in Kroger. Well, you ain't going to do it if your daughter's dying. You know, uh, I believe she crawled. I believe she got her head down around people's knees and I believe she crawled her way to Jesus. And God sees what it costs to get to him. God sees the effort, the longing, the willingness. It rains. You know, we're off 20%. When I was in Kenya, they would ride 15, 17 people in a car, uh, like a, a little caravan, seated five, six people, and 10 hours to get to church, 11 hours to get to church. Well, why, what's all that? You can just have Jesus at home. Well, they know what you don't know. There are some things that God does in my life away from church that he never does here. And there are things available here that he doesn't do when I'm by myself. His house is where he abides. He seats himself. He's enthroned in the praises of his people together. How good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. It's like the anointing that ran down Aaron's beard and it touches the body. I have seen more in his house than I've ever seen outside of his house. Her life was one of great weakness, I told you that, of great embarrassment. Those of us that wear the D around our neck, the divorce, is embarrassing. Those of us that everybody looks to us and they're well, but we can't get well, it's embarrassing. You have to learn 
that your reputation is not what's important. It's your reputation in the court of heaven when God says, now this one had faith. I ain't seen faith like that in all of Israel. You don't have to explain to me why, where, and how. You just make sure that you honor God with an expectation that's born of the Spirit. Hers was one of great isolation and misunderstanding. It was one of great discouragement with doctors and you pay the bill and you don't get better. And we try, we try and try. And I think the Lord allows that in life. He, he weans us off of people when they can't help. He will corner you to where all you have is him to see what you're going to do. Because if you don't heal, you know, and I had someone share with me this morning that they felt just a strong sense that the Lord was here today to heal relationships that they just sensed in their heart, you know, especially with, with a parent, a parent with a child or a child with a parent. And you can have no one interested, but what if mama touches the Lord? What if daddy comes through and says, I know all of me speaking, Lord, but I am, I am reaching out. I was standing right there this morning and I just closed my eyes and I reached out by faith. And I pictured myself touching the Lord. Oh, that's ridiculous. Any more ridiculous than someone touching his physical body? The Bible says they believed because they saw. Blessed of those who don't see and believe. If that physical robe was real, you telling me the spiritual one ain't real? You telling me the kingdom of God, he's not seated on his throne in regal attire? And I can't reach him by faith? This woman, her life was one of great endurance, resolve, and tenacity. But it was one of dominance. Her issue of blood was the issue of her life. May I ask you something this morning? What's the issue of your life? What's the big, what's the big thing? Sometimes it's what's happened to us. Other times, uh, it's what didn't happen. Something missing, something lost, something taken. Um, sometimes I share things with you that uh, aren't really my desire. I just feel prompted to, and when a uninvited or unscheduled thought comes maybe it'll just help somebody here so you know it's embarrassing but uh, I have I have nightmares all the time three four times a week and they're almost always based on rejection or uh, mockery uh, emptiness void you know and I have a wonderful life. Listen, my wife and my babies, I didn't deserve far above anything that I could want. But it's like the devil wants to identify me. And since I take authority over that when I'm awake, I go, that's, not about, that's not my life. My life is right here, this beautiful woman and my three babies. But in my subconscious... He still digs and it becomes... See, because a stronghold can be willing or unwilling. I'm not, I'm not wanting to dream about that. Like some of us dream about food. We don't want to do that. Two o'clock in the morning, we get up and get a sandwich. I didn't want to. I just dreamt about it and I knew it was in there. Who touched me? Number one, a hurting one. With nobody responding, I wonder if there's someone hurting today and no one can help them. Number two, a believing one. Who touched me? A believing one. Her faith was born of revelation, born of need and revelation. I, had nev I admit to you, I've never seen this until this week before. Do you remember the verse in Malachi 4? 
But unto you that fear my name shall the son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings. And you shall go, grow forth like a calf out of a stall. When, when the Lord arises with healing in his wings. Speaking primarily of Israel. But it's not exclusive because the Lord is still the Lord of all. And what he does, he just does. And he'll arise with healing in his wings. You know what that word wings means? Hem, border of a garment. It can be the wings of a bird, but it is used more often of the son of righteousness arising. And when he comes on the scene, people will touch the garment, the outer garment of his robe, and they'll be healed. I believe this woman saw in the Old Testament what others didn't see. I believe she believed what they didn't believe. That's why she was willing to do what no one else was willing to do. I couldn't find it. You may find it uh, different, and I will sure correct myself. But I think she was the first one that touched the hem of a garment and was made whole. And some of you have read in the scriptures how he's the restorer of the soul. And instead of grabbing onto it, you just sit in the recliner waiting on God to come to you. You've read that he forgiveth all our iniquities. He healeth all our diseases. All. All. And instead of grabbing onto that promise, we just, I believe that. We, I intellectually ascend to that. I'm not going to correct you, Lord, but that's not my expectation. We know that he provides for us, but we don't have an expectation of that provision. We know that he's our guide, but we don't ask him to lead us. Maybe our faith isn't faith at all. Maybe it's just a nod of approval without any integrity. When you say belief, it should be a firm, reliant, exclusive trust in that dynamic. I believe she said when the son of righteousness comes on the scene, there'll be healing in his wings. And, it's, and I, I need healing, so I'm going to grab that. What was she really grabbing? The Word. The Word of God. Vocalized by belief. For she said to herself, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. Why was she saying that? Because it was in the Word. See, quoting the Bible doesn't make something happen, but it births faith in you. We don't have creative power, regardless of what the television preacher says. We don't manifest. We don't say the thing over and over and by some magical, mystical, latent power of the soul we create. We don't create, but God hears. And when I say the word to myself, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Faith arises in my heart and God hears and rewards faith. My question is, what are you saying to yourself? It's always been like this. It's always going to be like that. I can imagine God in heaven saying, mark that down. That's what they believed. God ain't going to do nothing. What did she say? Mark that down. You better be careful of your words for every idle word you're going to give an account. Take heed what you say. Now, it doesn't mean that we just lie. How you doing? I'm blessed and highly favored. I thought you broke your leg. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, I'm still, that's a blessed foot. It's, there's a balance you can say. How about this? How about I broke my leg, but I've brought it before God and asked him to mend it without surgery. I'm just believing that God can construct. If man can do it through a microscope, surely God in heaven who knit me in my mother's womb can do it for me. With a little help, I'd preach good in here today. If y'all arouse yourself and wake up. Vocalized by belief. What are you saying? Sometimes I come to church and I am, I am good. And by the time I get to the front row, y'all done suck the life. I mean, sometimes, how are you? Well, I'm like, uh-oh. I had one lady told me one Sunday, she says, oh, I'm so glad you're here. I got so much to dump on you. And others, how you doing? And you know they're struggling. How you doing? I just believe today that God is going to speak over my life. And you can feel the presence of the Lord like you've walked in on somebody's bedroom. 
You want to hide your eyes? They go, I have come to meet with the king today. I've got my request with me. I've got my need with me. I've got my pain with me, and I brought my faith with me. I'm going to see what God's going to do. And if it looks like he ain't going to touch me, I'm going to touch him. Mobilized by willingness. Willing to try again. Willing to begin again. Willing to hurt again. Willing to be vulnerable. Willing to fail again. Proven by action, this believing one. She said, I believe I'm, I'm going to touch the hem of his garment and I'm going to be made whole. Well, it's one thing to say that, but if you don't get dressed, brush your hair, brush your teeth, go out of the house and touch him, then it doesn't happen. Stop talking a good game. Play the game. Make the change. Tell them bye. Those people, it doesn't mean that you didn't have good high school years or college years and that everything they did was wrong, but you got to tell them, I can't walk with God and walk with you. Goodbye. I, I can't. I'm not judging you. I'm judging me. I'm not strong enough. I get near that vortex and get sucked in. I got to make changes. That's for somebody there. That's good too. Proven by action. It's one thing to say what you believe and not act on it. I believe it's going to rain, and then don't bring an umbrella. I believe the Lord, and I've said it in this house so many times, I believe that the Lord is so good that his goodness will find me. And I believe in any service I can close my eyes and enter into a spiritual realm and reach out and touch the Lord. And he's not too weary to help Proven by action. Listen to this. This, this is good right here. I mean, there's certain parts in the sermon when preachers, you, you, you know, you get to it. I can't wait to get to that part. And then sometimes you leave and say, I just wasted it on them. They didn't even get it. I just want to, you know. <laughs> preachers won't tell you that. I'm going to tell you the truth. Sometimes we do. And other times you think it was just, eh, it's okay. And they go, that's the greatest sermon you ever preached. You go, where was I at? I didn't know. All right. Proven by action. It is possible to believe and never leave the house. I believe. Are you coming to church? No, I've been, you know, my foot been hurting. You done went to Kroger, got your nails done, got your hair done, got the dog shampooed, cleaned the car, went shopping, but, you know, this, you know how Arthur is in this leg right here. That's just coming to church. What's your reason for not reaching out and touching the Lord? We're scared of him. We may come to touch him for one thing, and he may grab our wrist and talk to us about the thing. Mm -hmm. It is possible to leave the house and pull up short. I'm going to meet with God today. I'm going to meet with God today. Well, you know, maybe I'll just go to church today. Listen, if you're just coming to hear me or you're just coming to sing along, you really can get as, as much benefit sleeping in and playing a CD. But when you want the God of the house, Lord, I need you. I, Lord, I don't want to just sing towards a screen. I want to know that you hear my praise. I want to know that you hear my prayer. And I have an expectation in me that even if others don't come and touch the hymn, I'm going to, Lord. And if I don't feel nothing, maybe my hand is dead. Maybe it's numb. Maybe something's wrong there. Proven by action. It's possible to get right next to Christ and not touch him. What if this woman had got up that morning, she had said to herself, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. She goes all the way into town, crawls her way, pushes her way through the crowd, gets to Jesus, watch, gets to the hem of his garment. I'm not going to get down there because I won't be able to get up. I'm gonna, gets to the hem of his garment. I want you all to see this. And then stops. She has the exact same results as if she never left her house. Now, that's strong. Don't tell me about your journey until you grab it. Don't tell me about what it costs until you grab it. Touch the Word of God and you are touching the Christ. 
in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh, and we beheld His glory. Glory of the only begotten of God, full of grace and full of truth. He is the Word. And when you touch His Word, and you grab on, still believing, with His eyes open, still believing, yes, sir, still believe. I, I can't control what flows out of the garment but I can control my grip on the tassel. I can grab and say, I believe. I believe. It's possible to believe and stop believing too. What happened to you to make, make you so forget what you once knew? Was it just the dissipation of time? Was it somebody in the church hurt you or some preacher failed or something what what does anybody on the row have to do with your expectation we've tricked ourselves into believing that because they did something they have the power over my belief I can rinse off everything that everybody else does and understand that when I come before the king I come by myself you can't help me get there and you can't hinder me from getting there. It's my personal choice to believe the Lord. This believing one, she was sustained by conviction. She was realized, her, 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 her healing was realized by perseverance. She was identified by relationship. Okay, I think I'm going to be able to get this one done. Yay. Identified by relationship. Luke 8, Jesus said, daughter, your faith has made you whole. We've, we've lost this somehow. Somehow we've lost that we are children of God. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. I'm not, I'm not working towards sonship. I am. The one grabbing his robe is not a stranger. You're, you're approaching him like you're a, 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 a piece of data. Or uh, what am I looking for? Mike, what's come to digit or what is it in code? What's the... Just a binary number. or It's like we approach him like we're just a piece of data. There's a difference between data touching me and my boy Elisha touching me. He said, daughter. And see, we just read over it. Hey, Pop, where's my daddies here that have daughters? See, we'll, 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 go to, we'll fight you over our sons. We'll go to war for our sons. We'll go to jail over our daughters. You follow me? To jail. Turn myself in. And your daughter reaches out and he sees her. The God man. All man, but all God. And he sees her. Jesus the man wouldn't have called her daughter. Do you see? He said, daughter. Your faith did it. You believed what they didn't believe. You said what they didn't say. You did what they didn't do. And you got what they didn't get. Glory to God. Makes you want to get up and say, as for me, I'm not going to church and not getting God. You know, I've been here 30 years and some of y'all bust my chops at time about my stories. I've heard that before. Well, I've, how many stories do you think I got? I've been here in one place 29 years. I did go to Kentucky Fried Chicken one time, and I went to order, and she said, we ain't got no chicken. I, said, I, I didn't hear you. Do, do what now? She said, we don't have no chicken. I said, it says Kentucky Fried Chicken. She said, we ain't got no chicken. I said, what do you got? And just like she was so happy, oh, we got mashed potatoes and corn and bread and beans, but you ain't got no chicken. Mm-mm. I just left. And did you know you got family and friends and maybe you go to church every week and aren't the least bit troubled that you didn't get God? Why would I go to church if God wasn't there? He's the Lord. I ain't nothing but an under-shepherd. All I do is turn the diamond so the light can hit it and I get out of your way. That's my job. To tell you about him. And he's in the house today. 
and he's passing by. And it doesn't matter if you're hurting as long as you're believing. It doesn't matter if you failed as long as you're believing. It doesn't matter if you're losing as long as you're believing. But you got to follow through. You can't be discouraged by the crowd or what people say or what doctors could or couldn't do or what people did or didn't do. Your relationship with Jesus is you and him by yourself. And finally, she was the reaching one. If our musician would come, please. The reaching one. The one who wouldn't be denied. How long a trip? Just speculate with me. So in a town, a village, and it didn't give us the details. They were expecting him. The Bible said the town was expecting him. And they, the crowds came. He couldn't even get into town. How long do you think it took her in her house from her house, if the town is a half mile across, to walk through hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands of people. Hours? She's already anemic. Talking about blood sugar being gone. She's had a menstrual cycle for 12 years with little to no energy. She pushes through, and she reaches him. I think the Lord lets us hear verses like this, that uh, whosoever calleth, reacheth, looks to, shall be saved. And Jason said it, when you draw near to God, he draws near. I don't think anyone that falls reaching ever misses the robe. Jesus will move over for you to get there. And if I would move heaven and earth for my little girls, what would God do for you? Sometimes, sometimes I gotta be, I gotta give you the other side if I'm gonna shepherd you. Sometimes when I touch his robe, I don't get what I came for. But I always get him. I always get something, some virtue, some discharge, some sharing of life or strength or perspective. Something flows from him because you can't grab a live wire and not be touched. Something happens. The reaching one. The one who wouldn't hide after she did it. And she said, I'm the one that did it. I said, daughter, did you know your faith made you whole? Now watch this. I've been waiting all morning to read this to you. This, this is the fun part to me. Listen to this. In Mark 6. Mark 6 is later than Mark 5, right? Okay, listen, listen. And whenever Jesus went into a village or a city or a country, they laid sick people in the streets and besought him that they might touch, if it were, the border of his garment. And as many as touched it were made whole. I don't know why. God would allow a plan, my story to be public, my embarrassment to be public, my glory to be public, whatever, all he's done for me in my life. But we are living epistles known and read of all men. Our life is a story. And people see what God does for you, and it gives them permission to reach out and do the same thing. This woman started a village practice. I couldn't find it in the scripture before her, but after it, and whatever he village he went in, they would line them in the streets so the person that didn't even have energy to crawl could reach out with one hand or the wife could pick her husband's arm up and drop it onto him and whoever touched it was healed. 
Pastor John, what are you saying? I'm saying, why haven't you touched the Lord? Today, I want to give you an opportunity. I'm always careful in services like this. I grew up on when the people came, then the pastor took over. No, that's the time to get out of the way, man. You don't need me. I'm in the way at this point. But you say, I need, I need to touch the Lord today. And nobody else got to know the why or the what. It can be for your own soul or a, lit, a litany of things. But if you need to touch him today, we're going to start the process. And in five or six minutes, I'm going to pray over us because we have our workers. And then you go home and say, Lord, I want to pick back up where we left off. And I'm going to be near you and finish this out. If that's you with every eye open, I invite you to line the streets today and reach out in faith and say, Lord, this is me reaching out today. I need you, God. If that's you, I want you to come. Oh, I needed this today, Lord. I'm not asking you to touch me, Lord. I'm going to touch you today. I'm going to reach out. Look at this. Look at the people. Lord, I need you today. I need you today, Lord. My faithful God, I need you today. Lord, they said it's too late, but I don't believe that. said there's nothing else we can do but that don't mean there ain't nothing you can't do Lord I believe you Lord those in the altar where's the tassel focus in on him and say Lord I believe your word I believe your word Lord I built my life on it touch you today By faith, I speak out over you that virtue is going to flow from the Lord to you. Not to me, to you, but from the Lord to you. That virtue is going to touch you where you are. Lord, I like what Charles said at the very beginning. Just like this rain that we hear, may your presence do that for us today. Seal this moment, oh God, in our hearts. Church family, would you stand with us this morning? those in the altar would you I, I hate to interrupt you I just I know you can pick up with the Lord later can I close with the last three minutes just tell it I love telling you my journey because it's like it's like putting on a golf course if you see it go right and you see it go right and you see it go right it might go right you know like this this is my experience there are times in church that I've reached out and I've touched the Lord and everything changed I mean the miracle, the provision, the healing, instantaneous. And other times I left with a piece of, uh, you know when a, a, a carpet has that thing at the end? What would you call it? It's a piece of yarn. And other times I left with a piece of yarn. I left with the promise. But in heaven, it's recorded that this one believes. I believe you're rebuilding everything now. We're rebuilding it on the Lord, on the Lord.
God, I got to do it right. I got I to do it. I got to do it. And you get to choose the materials. You get to choose the materials. Don't get hung up on the what happened. Get your eyes fixed on who you touched. And know that in heaven it's logged that this one came before the Lord and said, I believe, I believe. I watched my wife pray in a family married to a sterile man. Don't tell me it doesn't happen. She said, John can't help me, but you can. And we got three babies that look like us. You see what I'm saying? Oh, if you knew what power you had. You have an invitation from God. You have the name of Jesus. And if you don't have one family member to stand with you, you still have this. See, oh, i got to tell you that. I gotta, we somehow think if the more people agree with us, our odds go up. Put, put it on all the prayer chains. Nothing wrong with praying. But if I get 100 prayer chains and you got 102 prayer chains, well, you got more odds. Mm-mm. You have the name of Jesus. And you're touching him. You're coming before the Father with yarn in your hand. Say, can I help you? Yes. You all I got. I need you. I need help. And I got yarn to prove my reach. And this is what I pray over you today. Be it unto you according to your faith. Can somebody say amen today? Have a wonderful Lord's Day. God bless you.